Heyo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome to a remote version of the CHGO White Sox podcast. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And alongside me is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. Later in the show, joining us live from Guaranteed Rate Field will be Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Also, Jared Willis has a recent piece up at allchgo.com. He produced a piece for the White Sox fans out there uh, after Saturday's loss. And after Saturday's loss, Herb, Tony LaRussa said, get angry and do something about it tomorrow. Well, today is tomorrow, and the White Sox lost 3-2. to two. And, Herb, not only did they lose, but they had the lead. They had their ace on the mound. They had their $8 million setup man go out into the ninth inning to try to protect the tie, and he didn't uh, Clark Reamer asked in the comments, and I'm going to ask it to you now. Do you describe the White Sox as impotent or incompetent? How about both? But as I had to choose <laughs> more, I would say incompetent. You know, they don't know how to hit a pitcher that most people in this league have been doing some good work versus Zach Davies. I mean, he has looked like a maestro today on the bump. The only time he got in trouble is when uh, the middle of the lineup got a couple hits and put together a good inning, and they only got two runs in that inning um, to give them the lead because Dylan's probably like, all right, man, that's about enough. You know, he gave up the solo shot in the eighth, but I don't fault Dylan Cease for giving up two hits on the game and two runs. That's it. You should be able to win 100% of those games in Major League Baseball that you give up only two runs. But the White Sox are the White Sox. So they are impotent and they are incompetent. And we know nothing's going to change unless this ends in an embarrassing fashion for Jerry Reinsdorf. So that's what I'm rooting for now. I'm rooting for embarrassment every day. This is embarrassing. To get swept hey. by the Arizona Diamondbacks, one of the lowly teams in the league, is embarrassing. At your home stadium. Now you're three games, I think, below 500 at home. Two games below 500 overall in the series and the uh, season, this is uh, absolute failure after 128 games. And as I tweeted out the white Sox, and I think you corrected me on it. The white Sox, only them and the tigers have a team with a, not one single player with 15 home runs on their roster, right? The tigers. I mean, the, the reds had one in Chris jury before he went over to um, Brandon, Jury, not Chris. Brandon. Uh, yeah. uh, we went to the Padres. But now they have only uh, Joey Votto with 11, but the Tigers and the White Sox. The White Sox top home run hitters, 14 each by Jose Abreu and Andrew Vaughn. This is a failure by every single person in that organization. There is no person that gets off the hook except for maybe Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease. That's the one that I, know I was going to butt in and say the one that guy that gets the pass, Dylan Cease. Absolutely 100%. Dylan Cease. And we'll talk about Dylan Cease a little bit later when it's nicer, when the sunshine, when the Herbie sunshine has come out. But right now it's dark, it's gloomy, and absolutely, I would say, in impotent. I would say this White Sox team is impotent because they're weak. They're powerless. You can see that they're skilled at something. They're able to get on base. They have over 800 singles. Len Casper said on the, the broadcast today, there's a base hit. And I'm like, Len, They've had 815 fucking singles this year. The one thing we could find this year is a base hit. All right. If I go to mattress firm, the one thing I'm going to find is a fucking mattress. If I'm going to a White Sox game, the one thing I'm finding is singles from this offense. All right. It's easy. I, I guess I should have used uh, the sex bots. Uh, that that would have been a better thing instead of mattress firm. <laughs> if I'm looking for, for, for easy, you know, free singles, I should be going to the sex bot website that, that pops up in our chats. All it right. The best um, adult uh, waiting, dating website. As Jim Margulis, you know, tweets out every single hashtag hot local singles, right? Um, you know, that that's the White Sox offense defined. And it's just so sad to watch this team turn into this. This team is unable to hit home runs. And you know who's able to hit home runs? Stone fucking Gossard of Pearl Jam hitting his first career home run, <laughs> knocking Dylan Cease, the Cy Young. You know, <laughs> I, I, he might even be the winner. We'll get to this a little bit. Justin Verlander left in the third inning. 
today. All right. So Dylan sees if he has a real nice finish and Justin Verlander's hurt, this could be your Cy Young. This could be Cy Cease. This performance today doesn't ruin that, but they're able to get a home run off Cy Cease. Not only are they able to get a, Cy, uh, a home run from Stone fucking Gossard uh, from Pearl Jam, they're able to get a home run from Cubs legend Sergio Alcantara. Pathetic. And they're not able to do anything like that uh, against Zach Davies. And you heard it from Stoney. Stoney called it, and I loved it. AJ Pollock's up. AJ's been pulling the ball a lot this year. If he uh, gets a sinker, he better not pull it on the ground right into their shift. What happens? 6-4-3 double play, A.J. Pollock ends the inning. And you did not see the White Sox lift the ball. The one thing Dylan Cease did worse today than Zach Davies, Zach Davies got ground balls left and right today and got through his, his outing, and then they took him out, went to the bullpen, and the bullpen was fine. Dylan Cease gave up a lot of fly balls. He also retired 17 straight batters. Like, th- it's not his fault. It's this impotent-ass offense. And I think they're impotent because this – Guy saying, you know, hey, you know, get mad and, and do something about it tomorrow. That's who's leading them. Who wouldn't be impotent listening to Tony LaRusso? And I think that has something to do with it. Like, I was thinking to myself, this team is no fun. I I, I was fighting sleep the whole damn game. Fighting it. I had a nice eight-hour sleep last night on sleeping pills. I was good. <laughs> I was really good on pain relaxer for the neck thing. Um, But... I was like, golly, this game is just really boring. And I know Tony will say, well, the only time you have fun is when you win. Is That's bullshit. You're playing a game. I used to work in sales back in the day at Career Builder. And the one thing they used to say is like, you don't know how to sell yet. Fake until you make it. Fake until you make it. At least act, act as if. If you are uh, happy, you just try to uh, elevate that happiness. Like when Josh Harrison gets the first base and he tries to rev up his teammates, have fun <laughs> every time you get it out, have some fun on the field. This team is no damn fun because their bats at bats are really garbage because they hit into six, four, three ground ball, double plays. This league has the book on the White Sox and it's up to the White Sox to change the narratives and change what the team scouting report is, but they haven't done it all year or 128 games into the season they do the same shit they were doing in april that is inexcusable that is inexcusable and we know that this team is not going to change unless something like this keeps on happening and then you have the signs at the ballpark that said sell the team you have that a national embarrassment once again the white Sox are only in the national news for embarrassing things like the dodgers series where he walks guys intentionally on one-two counts, and then the home run gets hit. They're only on TV because the White Sox are a massive failure. That's what this season's going to be. I hope that he gets embarrassed enough, and I'm talking about Jerry Reinsdorf, that I know he won't sell the team, but he has the impetus to say, hey, man, I tried to correct a wrong that I thought was wrong, but this shit ain't working out, Tony. You got to bounce. I'll pay you whatever you need to get paid next year, I can't have you here. And then, by the way, Rick and Tony, uh, Rick and uh, Kenny, y'all's gone too. We got to get some new blood in here. I don't give a goddamn. And not AJ Pruszynski and not <laughs> fucking Chris Getz, no garbage like that. And I know that's more of a likely thing that Jerry Reinsdorf would do if he would to fire these people. But we need to have some new blood injected into this team. We need to restructure the team. And we cannot have the same people, the same architects who rebuilt this team the first time do it a goddamn again because they failed this is a failure this team and this rebuild is a failure right now amen amen and i you know i I talked to the most optimistic white Sox fan i know we know alex rude and he was trying to make a case and talking about all these different games that are going to happen and left and right and if the white Sox go 12 and 5 or something like that 10 and 5 in this x streak you know they're going to be able to take advantage of the division you see what they just did against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And no, I mean, we obviously are tied to PH and X, you know, our, our, our family sister uh, station down there. Uh, we love PNX Diamondbacks. We're a big fan, right? We're excited that they, you know, had a good series. They won yada, yada, yada. It sucks that it's against us. Love the stone cold Steve Austin meme for stone Gossard or whatever the fuck his name is hitting a home run, right? That was great to see, but like that team, is fourth in its NL West division. That team 
He's throwing Zach Davies out there. They're throwing Cubs castoffs left and right out there. I, I, I just don't under, I mean, Ian Kennedy's been in the league for years and here we go with the incompetent manager, Tony LaRusso. We mentioned this on the broadcast. Who's leading off this game? Romy Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Who's finishing off the game with an at-bat? Romy Gonzalez. I don't understand this. If you saw Andrew Vaughn in his first game as a leadoff hitter go off and hit a home run and a double, and you responded by putting Romy Gonzalez as your leadoff hitter in three consecutive games, I want to say maybe two consecutive three, no, three, three, all, three consecutive games. All three of these D-back games. That's like truly incompetence. It, it makes no sense. You could have, in a huge spot right there, had your one of, if not the leading RBI getter on this team, Andrew Vaughn, who just hit a double in this game earlier, up at the plate in the most crucial moment. I've heard this before already. Tony LaRusso doesn't understand high leverage. And I think part of this is not understanding how lineups work. The guy that's at the top gets the most at-bats. Right now with Luis Robert injured, Aloy Jimenez injured, your best hitter or one of your best hitters is Andrew Vaughn. You need to be getting him as many at-bats as possible. And today is an exact example of why. Because if one guy is getting five at-bats, I want it to be Andrew Vaughn and not Romy Gonzalez, who's a rookie trying to tread water up here. It, it's infuriating to watch this team. And Dylan Cease going out there, finally giving them eight innings in a start this year, finally having a great, efficient start, and the White Sox go out there and blow it. And it's just it's sad. It's sad to watch this team. And, you know, even, you know, Adam Engel, I, I think he hit a really hard double off the wall. He only hit it, but it's, it turns into a single because the outfielder got there quick enough. Uh, you know, Elvis Andrews hustled into second and, and, and got a double there, but that was almost another single. Like, I, I don't blame you for almost falling asleep in this game because this team does not create pressure. This team does not create action on the base. And the only thing that you see, the only life that you see from this team is Josh Harrison doing the little, yeah, and I once tomorrow, I think the White Sox have their yearly golf outing, uh, Field of Greens, um, tomorrow. And I want fans who go there to embarrass Jerry Reinsdorf and the people there. Say, hey, man, I bought this, but you know what? Your team is really piss poor this year. I bought these tickets every year, but I, I do not want to support your team anymore. The fans you hear in late in the game, while they're disappointed, they went down 3-2 when they had runners on first and second with one out. Fans are into it. Fans want to mm -hmm. celebrate a victory. They want you to be good. Yes, they bring the sell the team and tell you to fire Tony and all the, the jeers that go on. But at the end of the day, everybody in this chat, everybody who's listening, everybody who wants uh, everybody who's a White Sox fan wants the White Sox to do well. Even though I just said I want them to get embarrassed. If the White Sox reel off 10 in a row, that won't happen. I'll be the first one cheering and say, you know what? Fuck that. Go ahead, White Sox. Let's go. I'll be waving the white and black uh, pom-poms. But they want you to win, and you still fail at every point. So tomorrow, when they're off day, and they usually have a good time at the Field of Greens uh, um, auction and uh, golf outing, I want some embarrassment. I want people to talk to these people and say, you know, be cordial. Be cordial. Don't t talk to people and t tell them, uh, call them out their name. But say, hey, this season is disappointing. We cannot have this continuing further forward let them know your disappointment because i think people saw when he got embarrassed on national tv with the bulls situation fire garp hacks they made moves while they his all-stars being interviewed yeah they made moves that's what jerry responds to embarrassment he the money's probably still coming in but if his team and himself is embarrassed he will feel the need to maybe make a move and I hope Tony feels the need to make a move as he's a Hall of Fame baseball person. There is no need for him to he's, have this aggravation through 128 games. He has care. he has what 34 more games left in his season. That's what I'm counting down. And after the 34th game, he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go back to Sarasota or wherever the hell he lives or Tampa, and I'm gonna chill out. I'm a Hall of Fame baseball person. I don't need this aggravation in my life. My reputation, my legacy is getting affected by this. If I keep on going, I might not be thought of as a Hall of Fame baseball person. I'll be thought of as the guy who ruined the White Sox.
I don't think he has that enough uh, that that much self awareness. I I don't I don't think he he's thinking like that. To be honest with you, I think if the White Sox asked him to come back next year to manage the team, I think he would. And if Jerry Reinsdorf instead is like, "Hey, why don't you come upstairs?" I think he's accepting that job. You hear him talk about being outside of baseball and it's only being upstairs rather than being in the dugout, and he's like, "Oh, I was going crazy." I I, I don't think he's going to accept being out there in Sarasota. I think he thinks he's this next level baseball mind, and and that you know that will never be tarnished but this is ugly um and, and I, I think it, it it definitely needs to stop soon because it, it is just so ugly to watch because they're talented in ways like i i do think that this team could win baseball games i i i have some optimistic views on this team they're still in a bad al central but they 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 are not inspiring me in any way to actively have that optimism because you have games like this where, where you, you you have the lead and you don't step on that throat. You talk all this shit last year saying you're the best team in the American league. Fuck it. You know, saying you're going to you gotta start stomping on throats saying you're going to learn from the Astros series. You haven't learned anything. You're a sub 500 team in the worst division in baseball. It's sad to watch. It is a very, very sad watch to watch. Um, and if you have too much social anxiety to go to a, golf outing uh to yell at the owner um what you could do is uh, a little passive uh but i do want to bring up this tweet from josh nelson our good friend over at Sox machine who was on the podcast uh when we had guest week to kick off chgo sports and this is about attendance and attendance levels um josh tweeted out chicago white Sox are on pace to draw 1.997 million fans in 2022 they haven't drawn over 2 million in home attendance since 2011 that 2 million is an important milestone as it factors in what the white Sox owe uh, the illinois sports facilities authority the isfa and in section 3.03 josh obviously was very very um you know he was having a great sunday morning uh, <laughs> this was what he was looking through um the 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 contract between the white Sox and the isfa but in section 303 tickets fees ticket fees to authorities uh, for each season during the first period following the existent stadium period in which paid attendance exceeds $1.2 million, the team shall pay ticket fees equal to the aggregate of the first tier or I, the first tier of $2.50 multiplied the lesser of 800000 uh, and B, the paid attendance for such season in excess of $1.2 million, and two, the second tier ticket fee rate of uh, $1.50 multiplied by paid attendance for such season in excess of $2 million. Uh, the amount of attendance and fee rate of each tier shall, shall be adjusted uh, by the following first period. So basically, uh, the White Sox can slash uh, their, 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 uh, their taxes uh, by just having more people in the ballpark. And in a window where you just repeated your second playoff appearance for the first time in franchise history, all this fan base wants to do is explode. All this fan base wants to do is sink this teeth in to that. It, it, one that it already loves. I mean, you love Jose Bray. You, you love Tim Anderson. I love Yasmani Grandal. We'll talk about him in a bit, but if he comes back and starts hitting home runs, I'm, I'm thrilled. I love Andrew Vaughn. Gavin Sheets was a fun guy to watch when he was hitting home runs. Luis Roberts, great when he's healthy, and it's it's a scary incident that he's going with. with. Uh, it sucks to see the turn that Yohan Moncada has had, and now he's on the injured list. Aloy has been great since he's came, come back, but he's obviously dealing with injuries. It's impossible not to root for Dylan Cease with what he's doing. Johnny Cueto is a, 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 just a breath of fresh air this year. Lance Lynn's been great recently. Lucas, when he's on, he's on, and he seems to be a really nice person to, you know, just listen to. I, I really think he's just a, a really grounded individual. So it's really easy to like these players and like this team. But the issue is what I think, again, we've talked about this before, Herb, until we're blue in the face, is the coaching. I don't think that this team can get up for the messaging of Tony LaRusso or Frank Minichino. And at this point, your guy Lawrence Holmes said this on Friday, no better loss than now to fire the manager. Hey, shit, they just lost two more. There's no better place than now. I mean, it got worse. If you are looking to make a actual change at this moment, Vinny always says, you know, what are you going to do? What's the next move? You know, uh, what, what, what's the plan? What's the thought? You know, can it get actually better? It can't get worse. It, it can't get worse in my mind because if this team fires Tony and they go on a complete nosedive, that's what this team was destined for. Either way. And if they turn around and and go up, I, I don't really think it's it's I think it probably is correlative correlative because you see what the Phillies did. The Phillies have bounced back after firing Joe Girardi because he was probably a hard ass. Yeah. And 
I think it's an olive branch to the fans. It's like, hey, I know the season hasn't gone well, and you guys stuck with us. When we announced this in 2016 that we're going to do a total rebuild, you stuck with us. You, you, You know, you grumbled a little bit, but you're here. And I appreciate that. And the season hasn't gone as the way we wanted to go. And I know my biggest regret, if I'm speaking as Jerry, is to fire Tony La Russa back in 1986. But I can't do it twice. I can't just allow this man to ruin my team. And yeah, this might be a lost season, but the last thing I want is this season to carry over to next. Because fans might not over, only be mad about this year. They can't see a future for this team. I can't see a future for this currently constituted White Sox team. Like, this team is badly constructed. And they did nothing about it in the offseason to make it better, to supplement the pieces that they didn't have in right field and the pieces they didn't have in second base or starting pitching until they got Johnny Cueto for a minor league deal. So what I want Jerry to do is let the season ride out. I mean, firing Tony right now, I don't think will do any great things, but I think the fans will love it. I'll love it because he doesn't deserve to keep his job. But after the season, you have to have those players, I mean, those uh, general manager and VP of baseball operations leave this organization. Restructure them. Put them somewhere else where they can't hurt this team if you're not going to fire them, Jerry, if you're too loyal. Because they cannot be rebuilding this team again or retooling this team again. Somebody needs to get traded. A loyal team. I would keep Dylan Cease. I would keep him 100%, and everybody else is on the block. Everybody else is on the block. I don't blame you, and I, I think that it's going to be an interesting offseason discussion. When we get to it, we still have some games left, and that's why Vinny Duber is going to be joining us in just a second. But first, we got to tell you about PointsBet. They are the presenting sponsor of this podcast, and they are counting down the days until the football season starts with a new offer every day until football season, now until September 8th. PointsBet's Power Hour will unlock a new daily offer from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. So sign up for PointsBet now using the code CHGO to get Two risk free bets up to two thousand dollars, and don't miss up on don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more. Now through September eighth, but that's not it. If you make a fifty one or more dollar first time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. So download the PointsBet app today and use code CHGO to take advantage of this limited time offer. Don't just bet, live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or somebody know has a gaming problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next partner has a a product I've been using daily since we had Josh Nelson uh, on the show back in March. They were one of the first sponsors of the podcast. I got to tell you about AG1's Wake Up. I put this in a glass of water, about 10 to 12 ounces, mix it up. It has a mild tropical taste. And with my AG1, I absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, and it helps me start my day right. This special blend of ingredients supports my gut health, my nervous system, my immune system, my energy, my ability to recover, my ability to focus on this conversation with Herb and Vinny all of the important things that I need to do to have a successful day. And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 and two five-star reviews, the extra two coming from Herb and I. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. Herb puts in his smoothies. That's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgosocks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash chgosocks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you to Athletic Greens. Hi, Vinny. Hey, guys. How are you today? Good. Nice shirt. You can follow Vinny Duber on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer. And if you sign up for points bet, make that $51 or more first time deposit, you'll get access to allchgo.com and Vinny Duber's great writing where he recently talked to AJ Pruszynski. How was that? And what did AJ tell you about this sub 500 White Sox team? Well, I'll say this. I think he's probably just as baffled as everybody else as to what what's going on and why it's gone on. Uh, he, he kind of hammered home that that fact or I don't know it's an opinion I guess that you know a lot of this is just really weird and it's really just unexplainable and um, just shouldn't be happening right I mean I think uh, so many people 
um, you know, certainly, you know, fans and folks that are outside the organization are going to rush to find someone to blame. Right. But the the and and certainly there are a lot of people you could and who deserve blame for for what's gone on. Um, but there's another side of that coin, too, I think, which is something that AJ said, which was sometimes there's just nobody to blame. Sometimes it's just nobody's fault. You know, and I think when you look at a disappointment as wide scale as what has happened with the White Sox, and when I say that, I mean throughout the roster in every facet of the game with, with a few exceptions, uh, it, it is, there's no easy explanation for it. And there's no, where it's, there's no one where it's easy to just go, if they wouldn't have been here, it wouldn't be like this. Or if you were, take them out of this equation, everything goes back the way it's supposed to go. There's too much that has gone wrong. And I think the, uh, the place you end up is not let's go ahead and map out the reason for every single thing that's happened that's gone wrong because you're not going to find the X. You're not going to find the X that marks the spot, right? And so when that's the case, sometimes it is just explainable as, yeah, it was a really, really bad year. And I think that's kind of what AJ is drawing as a conclusion. Um, he said, you know, uh, uh, Paul Canerco used to have a saying that was sometimes even PR guys have bad years. And it's just kind of goes to show you that like it, it can happen. It can happen. This can happen. And it really sucks for White Sox fans that it has happened to their team this year. But um, it's kind of what's happened. And, and, and I think AJ's main point, the main thing he was pointing to was injuries. And I mean, how you look at the beginning of the season and we're like, oh man, look at all these injuries all at once. You just wait till they get over the hump here. And now here we are at the end of the season saying the exact same thing because so many guys are hitting the IL again and stuff like that. Again, it's not to say that you just throw up your hands and go up, oh, up. Oh. I guess we'll just just run it back next year and maybe it'll get a different result because there are obviously things that they can do to to improve their chances of not doing this again. But uh, I think that there is a, a middle ground there between, you know, fan reaction right now, which is everything is terrible, fire everybody, as I heard uh, her uh, mentioning when I first joined here, and the just, you know, that's baseball explanation. A lot of I think a lot of both of those things can be true, and so it meets somewhere in the middle. I just feel like after 11 years with, you know, being on this job for Rick Hahn, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like you, you get the that's baseball excuse for a couple, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like if, if Liam had a bad year this year, eh, that's baseball, you know, maybe he'll bounce back this year. But I don't know. It, maybe it seems like a trend. But I do want to follow up just because what was this like? Because you, you, you were talking to AJ and Jose Contreras as well. So uh, tomorrow is the Sox big charity golf outing. So they, they get a lot of uh, folks that come in back from that. Uh, I saw Tim Raines walking around the ballpark today. Saw Hawk Harrelson walking around the ballpark today. Um, and uh, before the game, they gathered a few of the 2005 guys who were here and, and talked to them on the field. And then uh, we reporters got to, got to chat with a few of them after the fact. Nice. I just think that as the White Sox go, they always – fall back on wow yeah baseball is just tough you know sometimes you're just gonna lose games and tony and tony you spoke to him after the game you i mean i think somebody asked him about frustration he's like no i get angry like where he was angry he was like, angry tonight today like my like, goodness he was angry <laughs> what does he do like what is what does that turn into i just want to know like this tony he was angry the other day and today he's angry again and he doesn't like to lost. lose yeah, but I'm saying, like, losing games is what the White Sox do more than they win. How about having a little fun? Like, I know that winning is fun, but you got to fake it till you make it. I think the 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 overarching cloud over the White Sox is we're only going to have fun if we win games, which is you're playing a game. You should be having fun all the time. And I think that would lead to a little bit more success because it's a very boring game. It's a very down game. They feel like... It feels like to me that they already have lost the game. Once you get into that ninth inning, you know Kendall Graveman is going to walk the first guy and eventually give up the, the winning run there. Then you get guys run first and second. You know in the ninth that's not going to work out because you have Romy Gonzalez batting at the first spot, so he gets the fifth at bat. And so I just don't know. I, I don't know what he gets angry about. Why is he angry? 
he's angry because they lost. And I think it really is quite that black and white for him. I mean, I, I've described his personality and his demeanor to you guys a hundred times, and it is entirely based on the result of the day's game. I mean, it, he is a guy who will be smiling before the game if it, if they, uh, you know, because there hasn't been a, a loss yet. And after the game, he's ready to, you know, chew out anybody that looks at him cross-eyed because, you know, because he's mad that they lost. I mean, today we're asking him questions. This is the shortest, shortest answers I've ever heard Tony give. Uh, you know, asked about how great Dylan Cease was today. Dylan Cease was amazing today. Mm-hmm. He was asked about how good he was, and he says, yeah, it's the best he's been, the best he's been for us this year. I mean, Tony was mad. Tony was very mad. I, uh, you know, I asked, he, he complimented the, the opposing pitcher as, as pitching a good game when he was asked about the, uh, the, the results that they had against uh, the opposing pitcher. And I asked him, you know, did you see anything from your guys specifically that was, or was it just the opposing pitcher was good? He said, we took the best at-bats we could have. That's what he said. Think, then, then, I mean, I mean, he this must is, be blaming Rick Hahn for getting crappy players. I don't know if he's doing that. Because I don't think he's blaming anybody. I, I think I think they have five of their starting players on the injured list right, or are limited or on the injured list right now. I'm not saying that's an excuse to to lose a game. You know what I mean? We saw them all last year have a bunch of guys on the injured list all year, and they won a lot of games. That hasn't happened this year. Um, you know, it, it it is remarkable the effect that that can have on you. But, uh, you know, got a lot of comments when I tweeted the lineup out this morning. Oh, my God, it's the worst lineup of the year. And, of course, I've seen that. What game is it? 128. 128. I've gotten that 127 times prior to today. But my point being <laughs> that it, it did look like that today. It did look like one of the worst lineups of the year. But guess what? The change that could have been made, the only thing that could have been made with the health situation of this team right now is that Aloy Jimenez could have been in it. And then we learned from talking to Tony Post or pregame today that Aloy Jimenez couldn't really be in it. They were giving him a day because of his legs. Um, it's something that's bothered this entire team all year, right? And and so at some point, at some point, you have to think if you're you have to take off the I hate Tony Larusa glasses for a second and just say what what can he do here? <laughs> you know what guys can he play because because currently and again you know. Other points of the season, it's a different conversation. Today, there's a lot of guys that he can that can he cannot choose from. The one thing he could do is you said he's a results-based emotional guy. It could be more process-based. Like, hey, we went out there and we played our hardest game and we just lost. Because you're gonna lose 60 of these games. So sometimes, hey, I'm happy, not no overjoyed that we lost, but my guys gave it their all. I'm not disappointed in the effort and I'm actually happy. I'm, I'm content with the effort, but being pissed because you lost or happy because you win, because some of these games, when you win, you didn't play well. We've seen many of these games, the white Sox play, they haven't played well and you're happy. That's the results based emotional thing is the thing that gets to me and not necessarily just with Tony. It happens with a lot of teams. So that's what he can be like. Okay. We do the right things. We, set up the right lineups, and if they did have the best at bats, which I don't think so because A.J. Pollock is grounding into a 6-4-3 double play that's obviously on the outside corner. He could take the ball the other way. That at bat was a a failure because he didn't do the right things. That's what I get mad about because of the execution's not great, and then the result is not great. Yeah, I mean, from a player standpoint, they, I mean, listen, they've, they've failed this year. They've been, they've been bad. And you can point to a lot of in, very individual situations where guys have not been bad. Certainly Dylan C stands out as a huge uh, example of that for his season that he's put together. A lot of the pitching staff has stood out uh, in, in that regard. But you can even point to some of the hitters. You can point to Jose Abreu and say, Jose Abreu is having a great year, but dot, dot, dot. You know what I mean? They're, you can point at some of these guys. Andrew Vaughn's had a good year, but Aloy Jimenez has had a good year, but there are other things. Um, it's not all doom and gloom. If it was all doom and gloom, they'd be in last place, right? They'd be down in, in, in Detroit Tiger territory. Unfortunately, there hasn't been enough good to outweigh the rest of the bad. And, and so you're right. You're right to be mad about what this offense does because it does it every single night, it seems like. Um, when it comes to Tony La Russa, I can tell you this. The guys in the clubhouse aren't, aren't feeling the same way you are. Uh, You know, Jose Abreu stood up for him yesterday when he talked to the media and said how much they love him in that clubhouse and that they appreciate what he does. A.J. Przinski told me today that um, Tony is not quit. Tony is not mailing it in. He thinks Tony is doing the exact same kind of stuff that Tony La has been doing throughout his career, which obviously has yielded many positive results in the past. Um, And it, it is a thing that, you know, people are scratching their heads. 
a lot of people will lay the blame at Tony La Russa because he's the manager. Okay, sure, as I've said a bunch. If you think that the buck stops at the manager's desk and a disappointing team, uh, you know, the manager should have to pay for it. So be it. That's baseball. That's how this works. Um, but in terms of the job that he is doing, not a lot of people who are wearing uh, White Sox uniforms or in the case of A.J. Pruszynski used to wear a White Sox uniform that are complaining about that job. Would you, would you define this as the most mad he's been after a game? No, uh, not in terms of – well, you know, I think it's different, right? I think it's different. I think today we saw every answer influenced by the anger that he was feeling, whereas in the past there have he has gotten more upset when talking about specific moments or answering specific questions today, it was just a blanket bad mood kind of thing. All right. And then uh, I want to go to the super chat now, since we have it, uh, this is from Kevin Bryant. Really appreciate the super chat. I don't think we have our sound effects. So Um, Kevin's asking, is this our window closing? Our prospects have been injured and underperformed. Uh, It seems like this window was grossly miscalculated by Han just to speak on the prospects before, and then I'll throw it to the, uh, to, to the rest of you guys. Um, The prospects have not been too injured. There was the Jose Rodriguez injury injury where he uh, hurt his hand, but for the large part, um, Colson Montgomery has been healthy. Oscar Cole, Loss has been healthy. Cespedes has been healthy. Uh, Jerry Kelly, Norhe well, Vera has been healthy. I think, and Kevin can chime in and correct me if I'm wrong. I think he might be referring to Aloy and Luis and Yoan and uh, some oh, of the guys okay. who were the prospects gotcha. during the rebuild and are now the core of this team. I was wondering if if that meant because the the window would be closing because the current prospects or the prospects that would be coming up uh, are injured or have been underperformed. Well, um, all right, I, I I don't know. I, I think that. The socks are just interesting. I think it's an interesting comment that Jose Abreu made yesterday um, saying or an aside saying um, we're not as young as we think we are. Um, So I do wonder if Jose Abreu thinks that the window might be closing or the window might be changing in a way. Uh, What do you guys make of that? Well, I smile and I laugh a little bit just because I, I think that is hyperbolic a little bit. You know what I mean? And again, Everybody can react however they want. I I think that certainly, you know, when you see a team disappoint like this, it's easy to make wide ranging uh, conclusions, right? I would go back to last year and say, you know, I think everybody had an opinion on Yasmani Grandal when he was hitting under 100 or hitting under, you know, 100. And then uh, he, he comes back and he has the year he has. And I think people have a much different opinion of him coming into this year. I think one sees people sometimes have trouble looking outside, whether it's before or after one season and the season that they're actively in. Certainly this year, everything that you said is applies, right? I mean, they have been injured. Uh, they have not performed well at all, specifically Yoan Moncada um, at the plate. Uh, you know, these guys who are the core, there's now reason to worry about it moving forward, right? Because you don't know maybe what's going to happen. That being said, to say that the window, the window can close after the what is really what the first year of it uh, you know maybe the maybe the second if you count last year um i think is a little a little much that being said going into this offseason changes are going to have to be made to avoid this happening again and so I, I i certainly don't think the window is closing by any measure it could very well be that it is changing in you know because now you have a whole nother year of results from these guys who you were expecting to be the backbone of this. I don't think it changes the um, ceiling of any of those guys, but certainly what you thought you were going to get to this point is different than what's actually happened. And we saw again, brilliance from Dylan Cease. What do you have to say about his stuff today and the game overall? Uh, I mean, he thought it was good, obviously, but uh, a lot of frustration in that clubhouse. And, you know, whether Tony doesn't like to use the word frustration or not, I think that's what a lot of folks are, are feeling, uh, you know, frustration and, and maybe some anger, too. Uh, I, I think uh, it's very apparent with with some of them when you see them sitting on the dugout after the game or you see them ground out in a run scoring situation or something like that. You see some of that frustration coming to the fore sometimes. We talked to Josh Harrison and he he had a lot to say about this topic and basically just said, you know, from my standpoint, it's, you gotta, you gotta keep working. And if you don't, if you don't, if you don't come to the field every day and trying to win, that's when you've truly lost. That's when this has kind of overtaken you. Um, 
he says that he, he sees good things from everybody, but at the same time, the reality of the situation is there. And I think everybody on that team knows that. I mean, nobody's like, what do you mean? We're not, we're not winning right now. You know I mean? Like the, the effects of losing is, are very apparent and you know, it, they have tried very hard to, to keep doing their thing every day and, and keep the attitude that they've had in the past. But you've heard it from everybody from Liam Hendricks to Jose Abreu to Rick Hahn saying that it is obviously different in there. And when I talked to AJ Przinsky earlier today, he, he kind of uh, elaborated on that even kind of saying like, it's awkward. It's weird. The clubhouse vibe is affected by a team so dramatically not living up to its expectations. You came into win- thinking you were going to win every day. And that's usually the attitude that everybody wants them to have, right? Like, you know, confidence and whatnot. And when it doesn't happen, it becomes strange. It becomes awkward. It becomes weird. And, um, Obviously, you don't want it to be that way. You want it to be positive and that they're not getting that right now. Right. And I think that's why I think Herb was trying to talk about Tony LaRusso's at least messaging, um, just because we have heard uh, Jose Abreu talk about the cockiness of this team and how they came into this year being cocky and that cocky cockiness turned into overconfidence. I do wonder if just maybe the messaging needs to change. We've talked about them needing a leader. I don't know what a change will do, at least for for this 2022 window. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how that changes or how it improves, because right now it just really feels like a lot of, hey, maybe you'll come. Hey, best of luck. You know, let's go. Let's, let's, I mean, let's, let's come to work every single day. Fingers crossed. I, I, I don't necessarily know or think that you're wrong, but sometimes that works if that makes sense you know what i mean some there have probably been many times in throughout the history of baseball and very recent history of baseball where teams have not gotten off to a good start and then it does click and they didn't do anything different they just clicked because that's what the talent said it did obviously that has not happened for this white Sox team it does not look like it's going to happen for this white Sox team does that mean they need a different message? I think the I think it's very much the same thing we were talking about earlier in the year with are they having fun? Why aren't they having fun? I do think it's really just chicken or egg, right? I mean, there's a group of guys that they have a hard ass manager, let's say, and and the manager comes in there and yells at everybody all the time. If they're winning, great job by the manager. The style worked perfectly. It clicked with this team fantastically. There's another group of guys that have a manager who's just completely hands off, lets everybody do whatever they want, wants to make sure that everybody's a loving family and everything like that. They win. Great. It was the exact right approach. I think the results dictate whether the message was effective or not. I really do. And so I'm not trying to say anybody is um, uh, um, incapable of being swapped out here or that a change would not do this team good because maybe it would but I think what would really do this team good is if they started playing better baseball and started winning and I don't think a pep talk from a manager be it um be it one that is full of positivity hey you guys are so great you can you can do this we can do this or one that is full of negativity hey what the hell guys why aren't you playing like you're supposed to be playing I think either one is not changing the story at this point for this team now maybe in 2023 Whoever gives that message, whether it's Tony LaRusso or somebody else, the results are going to dictate whether or not that was effective. It might be the guy you're talking to, uh, AJ Przinsky today. Uh, there are some reports saying AJ might be might be next to the line. I do just want to follow up and, and see if you have a vibe check on this. You covered Ricky Renteria. You've covered Tony LaRusso. You mentioned the managing styles and, you know, hey, if you have a hard-ass manager and you go out and win – credit to the hard ass manager if you have a uh, you know a rah rah guy and you're winning you know credits to the rah rah guy how would you describe or if you can how would you describe Ricky Renteria compared to Tony I think that in terms of their style of managing players they were very similar I think in terms of what their personalities are and the way they are they present they get presented to both the media and the fan base I think it's a different story, and I think that has a lot to do with age, and I and uh, I think it has a lot to do with personality, and I don't want to say anybody is right or wrong in either way because it's just two different guys, and they talk to the media a little differently, right? What I think matters in terms of what fans want the manager to do as their job is manage players, and I think they, they are very similar in that regard in terms of describing themselves as a, as a family and everybody's in this together. They would be described both, I believe, as players, managers, guys who let the players do their own thing, um, not necessarily guys that are going to come in and lay down a bunch of rules or make them change themselves to uh, you know comport to what the team wants to do. Uh, that would be my read on it. I, it could be wrong, but having been around both of those guys on a regular basis, that would be what I would say. I would say that 
you know, Ricky Renteria and Tony La Russa could probably have very similar levels of effectiveness if the team is playing it the same way under both of them, right? Obviously, Ricky had a, a rebuilding team. Ricky did not have the talent that was all uh, amassed here by the time Tony stepped in. But Tony has had to deal with a lot of injuries. And Tony has had to, um, you know, deal with this team not being complete also. Uh, I think Tony was brought in because, you know, if you're talking about from a baseball standpoint, he was brought in because of his experience in the being at the place where the White Sox wanted to be. Ricky did not have that experience. Ricky had a lot of experience with player development and it, it seemed to be going well, the player development side of things when he was the manager here. Uh, Tony has a lot of experience winning the World Series and that's where the White Sox wanted to be. Unfortunately, for a variety of reasons and this year a ridiculous amount of reasons as we've discussed many, many times, um, they have not been close to that. And so whether that means Tony has not been able to or what I should say, whether the White Sox have not been able to take advantage of why Tony La Russa is here or whether just things have not lined up and, and Tony's um, acumen in the postseason has not matched his acumen in the regular season. I don't know. But Tony La Russa has won a lot of ball games, and you'd like to think that he's managing very similarly to the way he did when he did win a lot of ball games. Appreciate your insight on that. Uh, that was a great answer and uh, very in-depth. So appreciate your work, Vinny, and make sure to check out his uh, interview and, and chat with uh, AJ Przinski and Jose Contreras uh, from today. Check him out on Twitter as well, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Uh, also, my mom thought you had a big chain on. No, headphones. Headphones. Yep. headphones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, maybe a big chain would look nice. Luis Robert might have some that, you know, might not fit him anymore. Yeah, I'm not sure that that would be uh, that would look good on me with a T-shirt. That's more I of tried. a button button down shirt thing. Hey, you know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe, Some maybe, you know, showing. Mm, not a lot of that to show. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate it, Vinny. Thank you for joining us again. Follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. See you guys. Have a good one. Peace. I, I just think like a really big chain would look good on Vinny. You just know, like I, I saw Star- chain. Yeah, I saw Starling Marte. Uh, I sat real close one day, thanks to Mike Rankin. Uh, last year, it was A's White Sox, and Starling Marte was on the A's. And I mean, like this man's chain was like bigger than my fist. Like this, this was this was some ice, and he's running around the bases with this on. And I'm like, man, this probably costs like ten thousand dollars, and you're just running around with this. I never understood the style because uh, I would be distracted by the chains popping and the right. heaviness of the chain. But you know, if that what makes you feel good and play good. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and rock it. So, yeah, and I in the comments, you know, I know f- folks ha- have a, a certain feeling. This podcast, people, and I'm going to break down the fourth wall. This podcast, I'm the fan here. Sean's the host, but he is also a fan. Vinny's not a fan. He's not feeling like you guys. And so when you're saying uh, Vinny's just giving the teams, you know, words, yeah, he's telling you what they're saying. That's the dynamic of the podcast. And I saw Dan Payton saying, hey, guys, Vinny's just doing his job. Exactly. He's just doing his job. He's not me. He's not Sean. We have different roles in this podcast. I can get mad about this team. Vinny's a professional. He's a journalist. He can't get mad about this team because he doesn't care about this team. Like, he cares, but he's that's not his job to care if the White Sox win or lose. I care. I take this shit hard. But, Sean but, will take this shit hard. And Vinny's telling you what's going on in the locker room. He's telling what, you what they're giving, and that's what he is. That's the job that Vinny has. And you know, I just don't like him de- being disrespected in the comments. You got to know what the roles are here. Shooting up the messenger. I mean, for real. I mean, like it, it, Vinny, Vinny Duber has no, no, um, like actual control on if the White Sox win or lose ball games. What he says and, and what he reports has no dealing with what the White Sox do uh, on the field. He is just telling you what they tell him. So shout out to Vinny Duber, Vinny Duber rules. And you know, he, he's got personality. He's fun to talk to. He's going out to the ballpark, chatting with these people. I mean, you know, Vinny is not coming out here and saying the White Sox are winning the world series. So we can knock it off. I mean, he's not getting drafted by the White Sox in the 40th round here. Uh, Cause he's a, 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 you know, a little ball player out of new Trier, right? Yeah, you know, he's not he's, me. He's no, not that's happening. Herbie uh, sunshine, Herbie cheerleader over here gets <laughs> mad at 
fucking men playing baseball that doesn't affect his life, but it actually affects his life. What an idiot that guy is. I'm going to be Herbie. That, that Herb guy is an idiot. Oh, no, I love that Herb. And I'm going to be Ooh. Herbie Sunshine uh, for a real second uh, about PointsBet, because if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $51 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. We talked about that Vinny Duber article. So not only could you get that free article, you can read all the articles that have come out this week. Jared Willis wrote one recently about the White Sox and their loss on Saturday. You can also get a t-shirt so you can get access to the written articles at allchgo.com. You can get access to our Discord, the CHGO Lounge, where you get to chat with all of us White Sox folk. And you get a free short, uh, shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. So this is a fantastic, fantastic offer. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Let's continue the sunshine real quick, Herb. And let's do a little screen share here, Stephen. And let's talk about Yasmani Grandal because Yasmani Grandal has started a rehab assignment down in Charlotte. And on Friday, he played Jack against uh, Jack Flaherty, making a rehab assignment as well. He went two for four against Jack Flaherty on Friday. On Saturday, uh, I, I don't know if he played. I honestly cannot find it. But today he played. And uh, what did Yasmani Grandal do, Stephen? Can we pull this up? Hmm. Or, not. or not. I'm, I'm or working on it right now. It's, okay, it's, he's uh, working on it. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to get it up for you. He hit a home run. <laughs> he hit the hell out of a ball. And Herb, what he told the reporters was, fuck it. You know, I, I'm giving it my all. This might be my last contract. Fuck it. I am putting it all out on the line. I've never cared about my body more than I have this year. And here he comes hitting balls with hard exit velocities, taking major leaguers left and right. And something that I love from our guy, Alex Rude, he is now showing me Yasmani Grandal's splits without the, uh, the, the shift. So uh, it's a 191. So next year, if Yasmani Grandal's body can make it, you might be getting a good catcher who can hit because Yasmani Grandal will not have to face the shift. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Uh, good insight. And I got our guy, Alex Roots, all over it. And Dan Payton, my guy, Dan Payton, I'll share the wealth over there. $1,200 at the casino last night playing a little blackjack. Little, uh, little, uh, Texas Hold'em. Come on. 1200 1200 My man is playing with real money. 1200 would be way too much for me. I only bet 100 And once I make that 100 back, I bounce. But, uh, yeah, if they can get hit anything for games, I hope that he can come back after this great start he had at Charlotte today and play on Tuesday for the White Sox because, you know, I'm just not here for the Sevi Zavala playing every damn day thing. After a while, people get exposed for who they are. And Sevi Zavala, while has done good this year, is a major league backup catcher at this point. And so Yasmani Grandal hasn't played like the $84 million guy that he usually is. Oh, there you go. Oh, There's wow. our guy, Steven. Hooking us up with the Grandal home run. Bam! Oh, he murdered that ball. God, he didn't great. think he got it because he didn't drop that bat. No. But he murdered that ball. Well, and I, I understand uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth point saying uh, in the comments, you know, he had a good rehab assignment last uh, la last or earlier this season. Uh, don't get too excited. I got real excited about that one. I was like, oh, baby, he's back. Um, I don't know. It's just when he has that comment and, and he's saying, you know, I'm putting everything into my body, uh, you know, fuck it at this point. I do think that there is some part of your brain there that's just worried about it breaking down and the way that he talked about his knee injury and his back injury and not being able to feel like, I, I, I think that this guy might get a little bit of a pass. I understand that he's the White Sox highest paid free agent ever, but he gave you a really good first two years and it's not his fault that he had this crazy injury. So if it, it, I'll take any signs of life, the White Sox can get by with Sebi and Carlos Perez for the end of the year. But if Yasmani Grandal can come back and give them anything, I'm excited for that. And he can walk. He can he still has a decent eye. So I mean, you know, it's it's all about pulling the trigger on those 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 pitches. And he did that in Kansas City. He hit a home run uh, you know, after the All-Star break. So I mean, there's I'm just looking at the signs of life with somebody who is pretty kind of flatlining here. Yeah, and selfishly, you know, I do want them to get embarrassed this last 34 games because I want change. Now, because I know change won't happen if they win the AL Central, which, you know, it's not going to happen. But if they come close to the AL Central, they'll say, well, 
Tim was out for X amount of games. Yasmani was out for X amount of games. Luis Roberts was out for X amount of games. And uh, Aloy was out for X amount of games. So if we have our core five, core six guys, we'll run it on back. And he'll run it back with Tony. They'll run it back with Rick Hahn. They'll run it back with Kenny and just say, health. If we're healthy, we're good. You know, yeah. I got our guy Beef Loaf with, you know, the Kenny Williams gif of, you know, just got to stay healthy. That's it. That's what I want these guys to not get to the playoffs because I know that they'll make excuse after excuse after excuse to bring these guys back. So any inkling of them showing any life in these last 34 games, I think these guys come back. Rick Hahn comes back and they run it back again because, well, for Rick Hahn, there's no other, there's no other recourse. They can't trade prospects. They don't have them. Trading players on the current roster, you'll be trading them at a lowest point in their career unless you trade Dylan Cease, which I would be pissed out if they traded Dylan Cease. So he has to run it back with the same guys and pray and cross his fingers and say, I hope these guys are healthy and their numbers are the way that they usually are. And I saw Vinny and I heard Vinny earlier said that Jose Abreu's had a good year. Jose Abreu's had a average year. The home runs are way down. The um base, way up. He's done what he needs to do to help this team out, but this is not a typical Jose Abreu year. And it's really hard going into his walk year to say, I want Jose Abreu back if he's going to give you this. If this is Jose Abreu now going forward, no, I don't want this as a first baseman. And you have a glut at first baseman DH slash right fielder. So it's time for Andrew Vaughn to take over first base if this is the Jose Abreu that you're going to get. Even though it's a good year, you see the numbers, they look nice, but I need to change from this team something has to change from this team going forward yeah if they don't win the division i think change will happen i i I truly think change will happen i I think signs of life and them not winning the division is not enough you need signs of life them winning the division and being competitive in the playoffs for for them to truly i i I think keep their jobs i think if they make it to the playoffs they'll probably keep their jobs but i'm I'm really not sure um jesus shuttles were saying uh yes had a mediocre 2020 and two good months last season um yes monty grandall in 2020 was tied for the third most valuable catcher in by fan graphs so no he did not have a mediocre 2020 catchers are bad catcher catcher catchers and second base are the worst position in mlb like they're hard to find good ones there's not a lot of them yes monty grandall is one of like six maybe like wilson Contreras, jt realmuto salvi kind of yes monty grandall and like those have been the four decent catchers of the past like three years. Like knock it off. My guy D asking you, why thought, I'm holding yeah, the mic because I, I thought and I thought jo- I Jesus Shudsworth said he's not going to be paying attention. You comment and saying Yaz was a t- terrible signing. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Hey, that's he, just he's, hate, he's, that's he's, just hate he's, clout in your judgment. He, he's saying he's saying the Sox have stressed him out, so I I don't blame him. Let's go to uh, and oh and Adley Rutschman too, but Rutschman has been on my mind because he's he's a brand new buddy. Uh, anyways, let's go to Dylan Cease today. Let's look at the pitch mix because Dylan was fantastic. He did give up two hits. They both were home runs, uh, which you know is part of the reason why the White Sox lost. But I will take this as a good Dylan Cease start. He threw forty-seven fastballs, forty sliders, sixteen knuckle curves. He got twenty-three swings on his. A four-seam fastball got five whiffs on a slider got 16 swings and seven whiffs and on his knuckle curve he got four swings and one whiff six three called strikes on his uh knuckle curve and then on his uh forcing fastball 23 called strike plus whiff percentage on a slider 45 percent uh which is well above major league average and his knuckle curve 25 percent for called strikes plus whiff so uh called strikes plus whiff on the day of 32 he was great but the one thing i didn't realize when looking through the uh the Diamondbacks lineup before today, uh, a lot of lefties in this lineup, and the, they were able to negate his slider for the most part. But still, hey, you look forty-five percent called strikes plus whiff percentage. Uh, you know that's pretty decent. So shout out to Dylan, and uh, Dylan ended up retiring seventeen straight in this game before letting up a home run uh, to uh, Alcantara. So uh, shout out to Dylan, great game today. Really great game. He's continuing his Cy Young candidacy, as you said, that Justin Verlander left the game in the third inning if he's hurt for the year or more serious. I hope he's not because this is a great story for him coming back after Tommy John surgery and being 39 years old. But this is very uh, promising for him going forward. I hope the White Sox think about 
getting a long-term deal for Dylan Cease. He's making league minimum almost right now. He's, I don't think he's ARB eligible until next year. So I would think about eating up a couple of those ARB years and in the first couple of years of his free agency. I know Jerry's adverse to signing five-year plus uh, pitchers. This is a guy that looks like he is going to be good for the time being and further. So eat up some years. Sign him to a long-term contract. This is the guy that I would build my team around, especially that pitching staff. Him, Michael Kopech going forward are going to be one of the top two, one twos in the AL. Yeah, absolutely. I'm down for a Dylan Cease extension. Cy Cease all day. Justin Verlander just got hurt. So if he keeps pitching like this, uh, maybe Dylan sneaks his way uh, into that award if Justin Verlander uh, is, is aggravated by this a lot. Uh, we do have the tweets about what happened to Verlander. I believe the Astros are saying it's a right calf soreness, right calf discomfort uh, is what the Astros said. Justin Verlander left is able to come back and bounce back from that injury. If not, Dylan Cease might be able to move up that Cy Young status, but Garrett Cole's already at 200 strikeouts. Uh, Dylan only getting eight today, uh, not helped by that performance. Final thing I want to talk about, Jose Abreu had some quotes after Saturday. Let's get to them. Uh, if we can go to the first one, I believe this is from Jared. Can we go to the next one? Steven, this one is uh, from Jared, and this one's first. He started off by saying, my point in that meeting, the meeting uh, about Johnny Cueto and the fire, the meeting uh, during the Tiger series in early August, the one that Liam Hendricks was talking about on the radio on ESPN 1000. He said, my point in the meeting, Jose Abreu did, uh, my point in the meeting was if we believe that we can do it, we can do it. The success is the unity of a team. I truly believe that because that's my goal in life and in my family. That's how I strive as a family man. Beginning this second, uh, being this is my second family, I just try to enforce that message here and try to have everybody understand and try to get everybody together. Everybody come together in that same goal. If we believe it, we can make things happen. And then continuing, this was the one that stuck out to me. Um, and this is in the Sox Machine article that Jim Margulis recently put out. Speaking before the game Saturday, Bray wouldn't go as far to say something that is missing with this group compared to last season when that team easily won a division crown despite similarly rough injury situation this year. Comparisons are tough, are difficult. Abreu said through uh, – Translator Billy Russo to compare last season with this one is not fair. It's different. It's different seasons. Honestly, I think it's a really good culture to put it that way. I think the group of guys that we have, the young guys, even though I don't think we're as young as we think we are, are trying to do their best every day. Like I said, if we believe we can get to a point in this stretch where we can make things happen, but we have to believe. Herb, do you believe? And I also thought that was an interesting aside where he says, even though I don't think we're as young as we think we are. I don't believe, but it's not my job to believe. As I said, fake it till you make it. That's kind of what he's saying. You have to have team unity, and you have to believe that you can do it before you actually do it. The the, the power of visualization, uh, laws of attraction, and things like that. Yeah, I agree with Jose, but he can only sit in that clubhouse to believe that they can actually do it. Do the things that they have been trained to do. Do the things that they have done before in their in their career. I don't care if you're a guy just coming up from the minor leagues because Aloy's hurt or Luis is hurt or somebody else is hurt. It's your time. Go to work. You need to come through right here in this situation. So if you don't, maybe you'll be going back down to double A, triple A. But it seems like Jose believes, but the numbers for the power are way down. 14 home runs in the year is just absurd for him. We're 128 games into the season. This is what August 28th. 14 home runs for him is inexcusable. He needs to look in the mirror sometimes and say, hey, what am I doing to help this team out? What am I doing to make this team go further in this playoffs and try to ca capture the first place team? He's not doing his job right now. He's a power hitter who hits third or fourth, and he's not hitting for power. As we said, the, only the Tigers have non a not a player who is a position player that doesn't have 15 home runs on the year yet. 
that uh, we started this month with 12. Well, and that's why this month, he's got two. And that's why apparently month. our guy Jesus Shuttlesworth in the comments punching walls and stuff. And he just got a five minute timeout in her chat. Uh, White Sox fans aren't happy, Herb. Um, and, and apparently he said, uh, you know, he he says we make this show possible, which is true. Uh, and always say what uh, he says. In fact, yes. but stats are facts. Yes, hey, I, I, listen, yes, I, I, I get it. A lot of people are frustrated. They just got swept by the Diamondbacks. I totally understand that. Now, what I don't understand is Money D coming in. Herb at least wears shoes. The guy on this show for the bull sits there showing mantos. Disgusting. Is he talking about Peck in flip flops? Yeah, probably Peck. But so thank you for not wearing, for sure. Yeah, thanks for not yes. wearing flip flops, Herb. I mean, we're a respectable show because of that. I don't have shoes on right now, but usually when I'm at the studio, I'm behind the big desk, so you can't see if I wear shoes or not. But I appreciate your support there, Money D. But yeah, I have uh, great shoes. I call them uh, feet. I call them uh, Herbicure is what I give myself. <laughs> what did you say? I call I call uh, giving myself a Herbicure. Oh, I just, very, I just take the nails man. off myself. Oh, I don't go nice. to the, I don't go to the store. That costs too much. Oh, man. Well, before someone gets stabbed uh, in the White Sox comments. And stop we punching walls. Yes. Jesus. I Jesus. know it's tough. And God the, damn. We, no one's saying you're not a diehard. No or one's people. not saying you, you love people. this. Yeah. No one's saying you don't love this team. Just take a deep breath. We, we love you guys. We love you even if the White Sox don't. We're going to be here for you guys even if the White Sox aren't. All right. The White Sox are going to play 162 games this year. We're going to talk about them. We're going through the ups and downs with you. This game, I can't get upset with because it's the same damn thing that they've always been doing. It's the same damn thing that they have done each and every game. Single after single after single after single. Walk after walk after walk. Guys getting paid to not do the job that they're actually doing. Like it's it's just, it's it's real sad to see. And I understand why people are getting upset, but maybe don't don't punch walls um i didn't mute anybody that's steven steven muted him all right i don't have anything make sure you like the I, damn did video. It. I did steven it. did it Steven's i don't have a hater i don't have mute uh powers i'm doing the damn show i just looked into the chat and saw he was blocked for five minutes i wasn't doing anything here all right anyways thank you he was really mad i mean former white Sox closer yeah. does not like muting people well, to block out uh, the hater, Shingo Takatsu, uh, 2005 World Series legend. Like this video if you can. We do love all of your support and all of you watching, even when this team uh, does not support you like you'd like them to. For Herb Lawrence, you can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer, at Vinny Duber. Thank you to Steven Nicholas for his production and blocking, I guess. And uh, thank you to Fleetwood Mac for their nice. 1979 album tusk we will talk to you on tuesday right we're no we're gonna tomorrow. talk tomorrow we are we're gonna be yeah we have a show tomorrow right, just cool. just a remote show again all right well just just making sure because i know jake was uh jake was thinking you know and eh, maybe maybe we're doing one on friday but uh we will join you tomorrow well, I be live. Here on friday if we are doing one okay. i'll be in well, atlanta uh, there's none scheduled, so you can go enjoy Hotlanta. Uh, Vinny, Herb, and I will be with you at 3.30 tomorrow on the off day to discuss the White Sox. We'll talk to you later. Go White Sox.